Welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. I'm David James from Loop, and each episode I chat with guests about what lights them up in the world of people development. But not this week. This episode is the customary end of year review episode between just you and me. So let's get straight into it. 2021, eh? We learned some hard lessons in 2020, but it could be said that just as many lessons were learned this year too. For many of us, we hope the worst of the pandemic was behind us, but we're now learning to live with it, with the safety measures, with restrictions on our lifestyles, and with constant loss. Well, I don't know about you, but I can't accept or live with as many people dying as there are and hope that 2022 brings with it safety for many more. So what about L&D? Well, digital seems to have grown in prominence, but I think we still have to admit that many in L&D conflate digital solutions with system implementations, to paraphrase Miles Runham. Our profession seems to still be afflicted by a digital naivety and a search for the next silver bullet. I spent much of this year challenging professionals to analyze and seek solutions to known problems rather than silver bullets to address large-scale assumed learning needs. It always amazes me that a market that is serviced by so many who have never worked a day in L&D have so much sway over professionals at the coalface. From afar, the job looks like providing better learning solutions, but that is such a dumbed-down version of L&D. The work doesn't need better learning solutions. It needs a more rigorous approach to analysis. If we don't know the specific performance outcomes that we want to achieve, then it really doesn't matter what the solution is. And perhaps that's why so many are drawn to silver bullets. Because the last thing didn't work, so we need something new. But what for? To engage our people. But what for? To help them to learn. But what for? Because it's good to learn. No, 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 no. Because we've recognized a critical point of failure here, and these people need help with this so that they can more predictably, reliably, and efficiently perform and get results. It's only when we don't know what we're trying to affect that we lean on unintended consequences, such as it's good to learn, as validation. But we will always be fooled into thinking we need the next shiny AI-powered widget if we don't have conversations about what people are expected to do, what they're trying to do, and what's preventing them from doing so in the very contexts in which they work. Upskilling is both a hot topic and a case in point. What skills does your organization require? Well, our LMS provider benchmarked all their customers and said, we need these skills, and then they sold us their content libraries to cover them. Nice business model. It's a shame that despite how pretty and comprehensive it seems, that it'll make absolutely no difference to your skills gap. But you already knew this, didn't you? This is because digital is not about the next platform or the next suite of content. It's about working with those who need help to overcome challenges, to understand their contexts and barriers and experimenting to make things better for them to perform and get results. It's then and only then about scaling and automating with smart technology. And there's no substitute for this except expensive failure. And we all know this. And we'd believe it if we weren't promised an easy answer to all our problems with a shiny new platform. 
One of the exciting new developments in L&D has been the emergence of product managers. And we heard this from Miles Runham as well as Lexi Hockaday and Anne-Marie Burbage on this podcast. The role of product manager links actual performance needs alongside data and evidence and stakeholder management, experimentation through to actual demonstrable improvement and sustainability. The product management approach helps to alleviate any doubt over the value of L&D. It has exponentially increased the speed at which teams can achieve results and has led some L&D teams to grow during the last 18 months. So when I'm asked if it's inevitable that L&D teams shrink during tough times, which I often am, I respond with, only if they can't demonstrate real results. And I'm afraid engagement, either in attendance or, uh, or clicks, are not real results. During this, we've explored the experience of six leaders who threw off the shackles and mythology around entrenched L&D practice and focused on the work of the people that we seek to influence. The pivot to performance from a learning orientation has been a continued focus for the podcast and in the live online conversation series I've been involved with, with Guy Wallace. During this, we've explored the experience of six leaders who threw off the shackles and mythology around entrenched L&D practice and focused on the work of the people they were seeking to influence. And they've made an incredible difference as a result. This has been an inspiring set of conversations and each one will be shared with you on this podcast in 2022. Another key theme linked to everything I've mentioned above is that L&D teams should not wait to align the planets before they can adapt or modernize their approach. I can't bear it when professionals tell me that before they can adapt their approach, they need to change the learning culture to get the CEO on board, to get senior level buy-in and have line managers take on more responsibility. These are all excuses for not developing ourselves. Everybody I've spoken with this year who has successfully pivoted, and there have been many, have told me that they just changed the first conversation from a learning conversation to an outcomes conversation, and they received next to no resistance. In fact, it went so well that they never looked back. The resistance is almost exclusively from within L&D. Now the pandemic, the restrictions and remote working have impacted all organizations. And so we've had conversations this year about culture and what it means to work in an organization or a new organization. If you're not located with your team members, this has been an important learning for L&D because we couldn't rely on happenstance to reveal the culture and have had to be intentional about understanding and amplifying culture for others to grasp, to understand, to thrive in. This has been an ongoing conversation for sure. I think you'll agree that as uncertain and worrying as the last two years have been, the need for progress, adaptation and development within L&D has never been more important. It's not an understatement to say that L&D has changed and will continue to change. Many expected things to go back to normal in 2021 and that hasn't happened. I think it will be foolhardy to predict that again for 2022. But were you to ask me what I do predict for L&D in 2022, then I'd suggest that doing more of what works will be critical. Data and evidence-based practice is the cornerstone of this and the antithesis of working from hunches, assumptions and minimal observation in the hope of some unintended consequences. I think product management will prove itself to be the dominant skill set in L&D for practitioners to facilitate collaboration towards demonstrable results. And finally, 
Automation will be the technological driver for L&D's efficacy, scaling what works and delivering results with greater automation in the surfacing of guidance and support when and where it's needed so that we can influence performance and results. Oh yes, and there will be a market crowing about their plug and play silver bullet solutions that seem too good to be true. But for the 25th year running, despite the hype, these will not deliver any demonstrable results beyond clicks. There's no shortcut to our own digital development. So there you have it, 2021 almost wrapped up. I wish you a happy end to the year. And we'll look forward to keeping you company and sharing guest insights in 2022. Goodbye for now.